Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Midtown Scholar Bookstore. My name is Alex Brubaker. Thank you for joining us this evening as we celebrate the launch of William Sanderson's new memoir, Yes, I'm That Guy, The Rough and Tumble Life of a Character Actor. We're so pleased to have him here with us as a proud Harrisburg resident, uh, and we couldn't be more honored to kick off his tour for his new book. Before we begin, I'd like to go over the framework and ground rules for this evening's event. We're going to have a conversation on stage with William. Then there will be an opportunity for questions from the audience. So start thinking of your questions now. Um, and then we'll transition directly into the book signing, which is going to take place right here on the stage. Now, some guidelines, and this is where I have to be the bad guy. To enter the signing line, your book must be purchased through the bookstore, and books purchased in store will be the only items available to be signed. Now, we are allowing photos uh, with William for this event. And we've decided that one book for two people uh, seems fine. Um, uh, but, but photos will be only permitted for attendees who have purchased the book. This is pretty standard for our large-scale uh, events, so thank you for understanding our limitations on time and William's schedule. Uh, but now for the fun stuff. It is now my pleasure to introduce our interviewer and speaker for tonight's event. To my left here is Stuart Landon. He is the Producing Artistic Director at Open Stage of Harrisburg and the Director of Community Engagement for Midtown Cinema. Born in Oakey, reared a Texan, and schooled a Sooner, Stuart is a proud resident of Midtown Harrisburg. Our guest of the hour is William Sanderson. He is a veteran character actor of film and television with a plethora of iconic roles to his credit, including, but not limited to, Blade Runner, The Client, Coal Miner's Daughter, Lonesome Dove, True Blood, The New Heart Show, Death Hunt, and of course, the forthcoming Deadwood movie, which premieres this Sunday on HBO. Yes, I'm That Guy is his first book. He lives in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania with his wife, Sharon. In Yes, I'm That Guy, Sanders, Sanderson gives us behind-the-scenes access into his iconic roles, the actors he's worked alongside, and the power of perseverance and fortitude in overcoming one's struggles with self-doubt. <laughs> Comedian Richard Lewis says of the book, William's profoundly authentic career as a quintessential character actor is wondrously ingrained in his memoir. And David Paulson writes that, I know of precious few people in Hollywood whose creative makeup is fed by the wealth of background amassed in the life of Sander Sanderson has lived. We're so excited that William has joined us this evening in Harrisburg to celebrate the launch of his new memoir. So please join me in giving Stuart and William a warm Harrisburg welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. So first of all, uh, William, I want to say thank you for writing this book. It really was lovely to read, and I, I hope you're very proud of it, because it's just well, wonderful. Thank you, but I, uh, I'd be more proud if we get some good reviews. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I shouldn't be nervous by this time, but I, somehow I am. When my neighbors from across the street are here, <laughs> When the man who wrote the foreword to the book may be out here, Jim, Jim Munchell, and so I start off making excuses. Real quick, a lady uh, said to me, are you going to be boring? And uh, I'm not going to tell you what I said to her, but I wanted to say maybe, yeah, I'm 75, and I repeat myself, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, obviously, Having read, you know, read the book over the last few days, and, and I, first of all, like I said, I really enjoyed it. You've lived quite a life. You've played some amazing roles. Um, and uh, I actually, uh, I just wanted to start off asking, why did you choose to write a memoir? Uh, vanity. 
you know, I hope not, but I get that out of the way, you know. I say that I want to dig my own grave and, uh, or, you know, uh, uh, in the book I say uh, to make my case in the court of posterity. But all of them are, I don't know, it's like when I would go and people say, why did you become an actor? And I'd travel around the country and I found myself saying something different every time. You know something, uh, I think it's fatigue and neurosis, and I might shed a tear of gratitude. So. <laughs> and the wife said, no, no sunglasses, of course. I have to have them now, if you know our relationship. <laughs> but anyway, I. I'm, so, I'm going to let you get your question out. No, that, that's fine. No, it, you answered the question. It was a great question. Congratulations that you answered the question. That was great. Thank you. I know you were worried about that. I did. Yeah, I so do. You did. Because, uh, so you, you've had a, um, you, you've worked with some uh, uh, impressive, you know, an impressive list of people, and you list them off in your book, some of them, Alan Arkin, George Clooney, Jennifer Connelly, Chris Cooper, Patty Duke, Faye Dunaway, Robert Duvall, Clint Eastwood, Helen Hunt, Angelica Houston, Angelina Jolie, Tommy Lee Jones, George Kennedy, Cloris Leachman, Jack Lemmon, et cetera, Sissy Spacek, Octavia Spencer, you, John Voight, Robin Williams. You have worked with so many people. But didn't I also say they don't call me? <laughs> and uh, the big publishers, this is a humble, self-published book. Uh, somebody said it's axiomatic, but... Uh, the publisher said, we, we want Kardashian uh, numbers and a marketing platform, and we want salacious stories and, uh, uh, you know, oh, oh bold-faced names, innuendos, and stuff like that. So against our judgment, and I say our because I got a lot of help from my wife Sharon and, and uh, uh, Ray Richmond, uh, I just listed them. And some people I know are going to think that's tacky. But thank you for pointing it out anyway. <laughs> so if that's part of my only claim to fame is who I worked with. <laughs> I'm not trying to be Hollywood. They're tears of gratitude. That's yesterday I went to that beautiful ceremony and the key word was gratitude. Mm. Still alive. <laughs> so for three seasons, uh, you played the, uh, I'll say, oily uh, E.B. Farnham on Deadwood. Yeah. yeah. I, I call it providential, a gift from God and David Mills, whom I call King David, but he He's a great writer, most of you probably know. He taught English literature at Yale. Everybody knows. He nicknamed me Imp of the Perverse, but he's the Imp of the Perverse. Uh, sadly, he's very ill now, but he called himself a degenerate gambler. He lost $100 million gambling. Why did he call you the Imp of the Perverse? Uh, because if the people that aren't familiar, I had to look it up. It's um, 
Edgar Allan Poe had a, started an essay and a short story, and it's about a, a one who does the wrong thing exactly because it's wrong. Uh, you maybe look at, at an abyss, you come up on that, and you know you shouldn't jump in it, but he jumps. And David saw something. He, he turned my character into a buffoon, but that is not a problem. It's not a problem. <laughs> But w did I answer the question, why did he call me the imp of the perverse? Mm -hmm. uh, in the book, I talk about doing, my wife is one who tries to do the right thing. <laughs> I'm glad you're laughing, but it, um, I try to do the wrong thing. Not as, not a, I don't know, it's, it's called, uh, did a lot of stupid things, and my friend tried to make me feel better. Stupid can be fun. Mm -hmm. But uh, I'm doing better than I used to. There's my neighbor right there, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> so far, so good. <laughs> Thank you. Maybe central Pennsylvania is affecting you in a positive way. Well, it's those tough in-laws, man. <laughs> <laughs> my mother-in-law lives next door to me, and she's in the book. I'll, I'll she better her. be. Yeah. <laughs> my brother-in-law is a retired SWAT team leader. and uh, So, why do you think, so, it, why do you think Deadwood worked? Why did it work? Why did it work? Well, it's not everybody's cup of tea, but I thought that he wrote, when he was well, uh, pseudo-Shakespearean, some of it was iambic pentameter, myself accepted great casts. They came from all, uh, you know, a lot of Europe and all over the country, and all of them have continued to do well after, so I'd say the cast were good, but it always starts with the writing. Yeah. Uh, how well did it do? I've seen somebody say something negative in USA Today, and I said, I didn't know that. I thought it had a pretty good following. <laughs> that <laughs> we'll is. see. It's hard to make a reboot. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, uh, now, speaking you of... You know, that's a tough question when you say, why did yeah. it do well? How well did it do? And, uh, uh, I, I love it. I love the show because it was a fun character. Yeah. Excuse me. Well, it was definitely a fun character, and I, I think we can all agree that you were pretty fabulous in that role. The, uh, so speaking of the writing of the show, um, there's a lot of uh, a lot of bad words in that, yeah. in that show. Maybe that's why it was yeah. so popular. Maybe it that's wa I wasn't politically correct, which made it great fun. <laughs> I think it'd be hard to do now. Mm. Probably but. so. So um, you know, pardon me for uh, uh, for asking, but I kind of want to pull a James Lipton here. Just because I'm, I'm not used to doing these sort of things, um, <laughs> but uh, what is uh, since you got to say so many bad words in that show? What's your favorite one? <laughs> oh man, that's a tough one. Well, I'll give you a clue. My neighbor is a very refined mom of three children and uh, and a lovely family, and I'm walking down the street, and she just said, "Hi, cocksucker." <laughs> She said it. She said it. Is it a pejorative? I don't know. It's fun to say. So after more than 
<laughs> After more than a, uh, a decade, um, I guess, uh, what was it like returning to the role? Oh, it's a great thrill. Uh, I never believed it would happen, and uh, I get to write about it in the book. I hope it's all right. Our penultimate scene. We had finished the thing, I thought, and uh, uh, that came up. So I worried about uh, what they were going to do with the character. Is he even in it? And uh, uh, when I finally got there, though, to try to shorten my long-winded stories, Everybody was happy to see each other. They hugged each other. And I know there was some competition, but we just felt blessed. You get... Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't get to do... The, uh, you, you have one great experience in life. The trick is to repeat it as many times as you can. That's Oscar Wilde. Hmm. I think he said the secret. But we got to go back and do it. So. Milch is telling stories, the creator, to pep you up. And I see grown men with tears in their eyes, women. <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. It's all about fun. When I got out of graduate school, I asked myself, what, what am I going to do? I was talking to myself out loud. I said, I want to have fun. Mm. Well, I have to say, in this book, you definitely showed that you did have fun in your life. So, <laughs> Thank you. Absolutely. You have had fun in your life. The, um, uh, a few times in the book, you talk about your process as an actor and, <laughs> <laughs> no, and uh, that you uh, have, you know, you sometimes th that when you have lost yourself in a character. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh. And uh, I guess maybe I'd love to, to ask you a little bit about, like, what is, uh, what's your methodology oh lord uh some kind of homemade amateur whatever but i'd read the broadway actors might say it takes me three months to get the role and two months to get out get it rid of it but i still find myself saying words from deadwood out loud all the time <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and you know clean hands pure heart not lifting up my soul to vanity. I swore deceitfully, so I don't know if I'm going to heaven, but uh, Deadwood's fun, Deadwood's fun. My process, though, according to Milch, was to beat myself up or tear myself down. Hmm. Bob Newhart said, you put too much pressure on yourself. Uh, he said a lot of things. He's, when he was joking with me, he said, I, uh, Bill thinks when he gets a laugh, it's because he made a mistake. So, yeah. But uh, that, that was a joke. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I think it was. He was a great gentleman. I learned a lot from him. Yeah, so, I mean, <clears throat> talk about an iconic role, too. You were on, that, you were on Newhart for eight seasons, is that right? Was yeah, it? we were. We weren't there every week. I drop a lot of names. So, uh, but... Uh, it was fun because it was a live audience and one of the things I'm partial to Deadwood is because he put me in every show mm -hmm. and only luckily Ian and I were lucky enough I think Tim who's played Bullock great actor was out but the story had him out of town so you know he put you in every story and you tell the, tell the crew Billy Sanderson has to be in every show 
<laughs> I think maybe he was the center of the town, not because he's a great actor. He's in the hotel and things revolved around him. But I, I'm going to pay myself a compliment. I started off with a little confidence, and I eavesdrop a lot. And we had a big fancy table in Century City, and I read the line. And, and I'll tell you, Sharon used to help me. What about this? What about that? But anyway, David was talking, and I overheard him say he's gold. Gold. So David said that, and not to me. I don't believe things. I've hid behind the uh, audience to hear when I came off the stage. Who's going to tell you the truth? But David was good to me. That's an awfully long-winded answer. <laughs> I beat myself up. I put too much pressure on myself. Mm. But it's sometimes what people take as acting is merely the culmination of the previous day's problems. I hope I don't sound too uh, erudite. No, I think that that makes perfect sense. You got to bring that bag. You're going to bring it in. You're yeah. going to bring what you have. That's when it's fun too. If something's you're angry, use it. Yeah. Uh, well, and didn't you say that David would in the book? Didn't you say David would sometimes uh, <laughs> capitalize on that when working with you? Oh, like, he did. He he made, he turned the character. Be, Needle, too, or whatever it was. He took pieces of a lot of people mm. and worked them in. He took, I don't like to call them extras, they're called background players, and he loved his look, and he was a nice man, and he made him the cook. So I got to be insulted, berated, whatever, and then walk across and berate this actor and insult mm. him. His name was Ralph Richardson. He passed away, but... Uh, he, he drew on other people's personalities. Mm -hmm. the, um, so in the book, you say that some people, uh, when you moved to New York City, told you to lose your accent. Oh, and you can't wear those glasses and work here and everything else. Mm. I said, I'm just a dumb southerner trying to make an honest dollar as a bartender. And, uh, but, yeah, yeah, the, the accent has been an asset and an Achilles heel, but Newhart generated a lot of cartoons and voiceovers and things, so, uh, it I... Seemed to work out. It seemed to, but I'm sure it hurt a lot, but, I, as you can tell, I kind of like it. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all like it, too, so. Thank you. Yeah, the, um... So, tell, speaking of, uh, so you grew up in the South. Yes. Yep, and, uh... And you were a fan of uh, of Elvis. A fanatic. A fanatic. Is the word. Yeah, I got to uh, be around him a lot. He didn't know me from Adam, but I, I speak of it in the book, played yeah. football with him. And, and uh, I hope you read where I was in his house at 13 years old. He's playing the piano. Living room's covered with teddy bears. And I don't want to ruin the story, but just Within a year or two, he's the highest paid entertainer in the world. Mm -hmm. And I got to play football with him and sneak in the movie house at night. But uh, Keith Richards said he sparked a dream in a lot of people. Real poor high school, everybody knows that. But I didn't even see him when he became older and the caricature uh, Elvis. But when he's young, extremely polite, extremely generous. Mm -hmm. You said that he affected you and your fashion sense, too. 
I went, I shopped in his store, but only as a kid, and, and it had Elvis's picture, and um, I didn't really want to, it's about as close to kind of, as I got older, garish? Ah, uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, but I went and tried to dress like the upper middle class students in high school, so I changed stores. But where he shopped was called, the owner called it a black street. Lots huh. of pawn shops, juke joints. But luckily, well, I'm telling the whole story, how, how I got to Elvis's house. I got kicked out, too. So <laughs> not that day. Yeah, two different, two different days. Different story. The, um, so uh, several times in the book you talk about uh, clothing and about uh, costumes. You're pretty particular about your costumes as an actor. <sighs> Sharon would say, who do we have to send flowers to now? <laughs> The word is stubborn, opinionated, and forceful. I learned as I, said, I did the wrong thing all the time. Just if you like Deadwood, we have a great costumer, and the saying is, "Put the costume on and get out of the way." Hmm. So, but I got into arguments when I was younger, and it was just stupid, just stupid. Uh, I'm doing a little better, but <laughs> I guess I can tell this story. She had a second costume, as much as I love the director, I found out later he didn't let her put that second costume on me. You know, I would think after 12 years he'd have a change of clothes, but. <laughs> <laughs> but I was so happy. I could tell you a story if we have time and uh, later about what happened, <laughs> what kind of star I am. <laughs> it has to do with them forgetting my breakfast, if we have it, if it comes up later. All right. <laughs> but forgetting your breakfast. I'll All tell right. you later. Your, All right. Your questions Excellent. are better than my ad libs. <laughs> the um, uh, so uh, J. F. Sebastian in Blade Runner. Yeah. Uh, that was uh, another gift. They all are gifts, but a great director Ridley Scott, and. Um, for once, I got to play, he was more of a sympathetic character, and they put two hours of latex. Uh, I sure don't need it now, but the, he was 22 and supposed to look, I mean, he was, uh, oh, what was he? He's supposed to, I was, well, I patterned him after a kid that came to town to go to Disneyland who was, he looked like an old man. Our makeup didn't do that, but uh, he walked on the balls of his feet and uh, thought about it. He was just fun to play, but good actors, Harrison Ford, and mm -hmm. uh, I can tell you stupid things I did on that if you want to hear it, but uh, it, somehow I got to play other than lowlifes and heavies or bad guys after that movie, so I'm very grateful. Well, we're grateful for your performance in that movie, too. Um, so, an another movie uh, that you were in was uh, Coal Miner's Daughter uh, with Sissy Spacek and yeah, Tommy Lee Jones. That's, that, she is such a classy act. I survived six projects with Tommy, but... Survived? Yeah. But um, Sissy is so classy. I'd, I'd never, you know, you get compliments for the first times in your life, and 
I would see how gracious she was. I'd just say thank you, you know. But she did invite me up to her suite because I was got there before we started filming, and I heard it. Well, it's in the book. Is that okay? Yeah, I thought it was really Loretta Lynn singing, and of course she won the Academy Award. But it was actually Sissy Spacek singing. Yeah. On the recording. Yeah, I, s I said she said uh, that Loretta sure can sing or something. Uh, something embarrassing. No, that's me. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> well, I mean, that'd be a little unexpected to, for someone to be listening to themselves, I guess. Maybe she was doing it to study what she had done, right or wrong. Or maybe she just enjoyed the sound of her own voice. Um, hardly. She wanted to just share it and see what... I, she's generous, oh, you know. Yeah. You don't get to spend time much in, down the pecking order and hang out. We took a walk down to... That's in the book. But she was a little busy. I know. L Loretta puts plastic flowers on her father's grave. So I said, why don't we walk down to this cemetery? And she did. But I, I got dirt. Do you want dirt? <laughs> Am on, I getting bored? On bored? Tommy Lee Jones? Tommy, a little bit. Yeah, sure. I, I like Tommy a lot. I found this out later. I saw him when we were rehearsing a scene where I'm going up the hill. I mean, he's, he's taking a rather... A, Jeep up the hill, and I'm selling moonshine. And I saw a bandage on his head. And working with him later, I learned that he got to drinking, and the cops had a different opinion, hit him in the head, oh. you know. And so, but he made it to work on time. And Sissy, the real Loretta Lynn's husband, didn't care for Tommy's choice until he heard that story. <laughs> Then he said, he's all right. Oh. <laughs> Tommy told me they offered to kill the guy uh, because they've had problems no, with him. Yeah, I've uh, fallen asleep probably. I, uh, <laughs> sorry, thank you. They offered to kill the guy for Tommy. And obviously, they didn't, but <laughs> Tommy's a really colorful guy, and I got a lot of stories about him. <laughs> you do, and you, and you cover a lot of it in the book, too. A lot but of I say good things, too. Yeah, oh, absolutely, yeah. He's a great actor. Yeah. He absolutely is. You worked with a lot of amazing actors, and you played a lot of great roles. And I, one thing that I'll say is, uh, um, uh, your wife Sharon, as you write about her and recall about, and recall your conversations, uh, honestly, for me, it was just a treat to get to know uh, through your writing. So thank you for that. Um, I absolutely love the way you describe your relationship in the book. Uh, so you, you all, if you haven't read the book already, you're in for a treat there. Um, uh, you describe Sharon as the woman. Who saved your life? Well, that sounds kind of grandiose, doesn't it? <laughs> but uh, uh, other people have told me that. I've yeah. got a manager who has been with me, I guess she knew me before Sharon, off and on over 35 years, and she said that, and mm -hmm. some others have said, you'd be dead. <laughs> and it, this sounds kind of arrogant, but I wanted to say to the manager, no, you would be. You would be dead. <laughs> because she has done the manager's work often. Mm. But she's cutting back. She's, she says she's had enough. <laughs> and I don't blame her, ma'am. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, they, sometimes they're lazy agents and managers and can't do without them. But, right. Uh, That's right. Right. I, so. I'm sure there probably are some uh, uh, 
young filmmakers or actors in the audience tonight. And uh, I know that there's lots of people that offered you lots of advice that you can read about in the book, but if you were to offer advice to somebody that was interested in getting into film or into acting, what would you tell them? I believe going to New York and doing an acting apprenticeship is uh, a great way. I don't believe there's a formula, really, but uh, I have friends that went to England, and if they can afford that, and they came back well-trained. Some go to Yale, and some may work at a golf course in Hollywood and uh, butter up a star, and he gets him on his television series. So, <laughs> yeah, that's, I had the good fortune of having a teacher named William Hickey, who won an Academy, well, was nominated for an Academy Award a long time ago for Pritz's honor, but he, uh, he really helped me, and uh, yeah. And a lot of good teachers from uh, uh, Herbert Berghoff School in the village. And mm -hmm. uh, I also learned from, well, theater, 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 theater. And you are yeah. the artistic director. I, I am. You're not interviewing me, though, so. But it, <laughs> he's, al he's also interviewed Pulitzer winners, so I have a right to be a little nervous. <laughs> so the. Um, uh, let me see. So another thing that I um, appreciated in the book is you close out uh, talking about your move to uh, Pennsylvania, um, and you moved uh, here permanently not so long ago, right? Yeah, four or five years, right. and uh, I was told we were moving here <laughs> permanently. <laughs> but I've grown to love it, and people ask, "Do you miss it?" And I get mad at them. Don't ask that question, man. <laughs> <laughs> The, uh, but I mean, I, I, I think it's um, you like it's a drug. Do you oh. miss your drug? Yeah. <laughs> mm. But I love it here, and she really didn't want me to make. You can tell she didn't want me to make a fool of myself too much, and she wanted to help. I told you she has great values. Tries to do the right thing. She helps with her family, and uh, I'm proud of that. Uh, if you stay too long at the party, you can age out, you know, get bitter, homicide or suicide, what do they say, you know. I, I didn't want to, I didn't, I was having fun there and we had the house here, but she sees it's time to go. And that sometimes they still call. <laughs> yeah, they, and they did, and we're looking forward to that next project. Yeah, but if you're a character actor like me, you pretty much need to be in New York or L.A., you can give them a tape, but uh, sometimes uh, Jody Foster might say, oh, they want me to come in and see if I got fat. Any number of things, you know. <laughs> There's 150,000 actors and only several thousand work at once, and so they can do that. They bring you in and make you jump through hoops, and I'm so lucky I don't have to work anymore. <laughs> I, I can still like it, but. It's harder than it used to be. Oh, yeah. I can imagine. So um, I actually had a few times in your book you... Uh, I'm sorry, I lost my place. Oh, a few times in your book you mentioned that you use the term how the other half lives and that you got to experience it on different movie sets <laughs> and uh, with working with particular stars. I think you first time, the first time you mentioned it is when you worked uh, with uh, Charles Bronson. 
Um, oh yeah, yeah. I, I grew up seeing him in the movie and, and then got to work with him and I was just part of Lee Marvin's posse, but I was happy. I didn't even have a car when I got the job. And so in LA, that's not good. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, when Charlie would come to the set, everything stopped and they shot his scenes. I think that's what you're referring to. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's some other stories that when they have their uh, Gulfstream jet right. rating. <laughs> Not that, everyone can have the jet. Yeah, that's uh, Bruce Willis. and That was a movie called Last Man Standing. But Mandy Griffith on Friday, he would have the, the pilots, might be one female and another gentleman, stand there in a the uniform waiting to wrap the show. And he would take him home for the weekend. I even got to charter some private planes myself on Lonesome Dove, so I got a little bit of it. <laughs> I like a limo. <laughs> I used to now. Town car, you're, you're lucky. <laughs> the, um, that was Elvis, though, growing up around him and seeing all those Fleetwood Cadillacs. Yeah. So the, um, out of all the characters, when you look back at your career, out of all your characters, is there one that, I mean, can you pick one that's your favorite? Not really. I, I can tell you the one that got me the most work, that sort of thing, like Blade Runner, different kinds of roles. Uh, Farnham on Deadwood got me some. Uh, I did a movie with Faye Dunaway. It was an independent film, a great script, but first-time director, and so it didn't do anything, but it was a true story about a drunk who uh, turned his life around by working in an uh, old folks home. That was called uh, Stanley's Gig. The, we showed it to him, uh, they did, in New York, and he said, I can die now. <laughs> and I think that's a pretty good compliment. It certainly is. It certainly is. Well, it's been an absolute joy, uh, William, uh, and I know that Lots of people have some questions for you here, so I'm going to go ahead and pass this back to Alex. Thank you so much, uh, William. I really, really appreciate your time. Let's give it up for this fa fabulous performer uh, here. Thank you. Thank you. And I talk too much, you know. I'm, I blame it on fatigue, but thank you for coming out here in bad weather and and uh, I, of course I'm a little boring. <laughs> so we're going to transition into the audience Q&A portion of the evening. So uh, there's one of me, there's a lot of you, so just be patient. But if you have a question, just raise your hand and I'll come around with the mic. We'll start in this region here. Uh, as always, I've loved your work, but will we be seeing any more of you on American Gods? Well, uh, I both hope so and, and don't want to do it. <laughs> Because Ian McShane uh, is one of the stars, and I wouldn't have had the job without Ian. And you can't say no to him. Uh, but uh, I don't know what they plan to do with him. Uh, and I kind of made a fool of myself up there, thinking I was a series regular or something. So <laughs> maybe they don't want me back. Not, not literally. It's just... Be humble when you're going in and you're a day, uh, doing a cameo. And but uh, I don't know. I, I of course I'd like to do it, but can you get me the script a month in advance? They don't do that way on guest star roles. Usually they last minute. 
If Ian says do it, I'll do it, sir. Question in the front row? You know, let me tell you one quick thing about Ian. He's a, he's a mess, you know. Got the director telling us do this and do that, and it's written one way. He said, don't do that. <laughs> say, say this, do that. And I said, oh, man. I'm going to start my first day doing the opposite of what the director told me. <laughs> and people's mouth dropped open. What, what? I think I heard one of them say Ian told him. But uh, I don't know if you could hear me, it, but Ian got me the job. Who, which master do I serve? I suck up to everybody. <laughs> Teamsters, you know, sometimes you don't know who to suck up to. Question in the front row. Um, well, my birthday and yours are the same, um, January the 10th, just different years. I was wondering if we could have our picture taken together when you sign my book. Uh, there's a boss, of course, yeah. Yep, we can do that. It would be an honor. If I don't have any street makeup on, I need it. Uh, you Thanks. look great. It would be an honor. Thank you. First of all, I'd like to thank you for participating in our Groundhog Day for the past few years. Oh. We really appreciate it. And Shai Pukshina sends her regards. And then I would like to ask, do you think Harrisburg is more Deadwood or Newhart? Oh. <laughs> Oh, I, I hope to find more Deadwood, <laughs> but uh, that's a great question, and she is, is a great writer herself, so it's not all just put on nerves. Uh, um, I think, well, I don't know. Uh, was Newhart Sleepy Lagoon, that town? This ain't Sleepy Lagoon. I just haven't experienced it all. I, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Deadwood was a rough, rough place. They had a murder a day the first year we did the series. How much crime is here? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I wish I knew. I was afraid you'd ask me a tough question. <laughs> but uh, you once wrote an awfully nice article. Thank you. I don't know. I, I, I told my wife, I want to go to Steelton and hang out in the bar. No, you don't want to go over there. <laughs> you don't want to go. Well, I'll, I'll take Charlie. No, no, no. So I do go to the Legion, and I feel very comfortable there. Bill, we've got a question in the hallway back here. Thank First, you. First, uh, E.B. Farnham for president. <laughs> <laughs> Given the amount of time you spend waiting around for sets and things to get set up, do you actually enjoy watching the stuff you're in? Uh, you mean later? Yeah. Uh, when it airs. Or sometimes if David has written a good scene, uh, I'm grateful. But usually the feedback is better. So you, the, if it's a good scene, he wrote one where I was scrubbing the floor, and for some reason, oh, the director... But we had a lot of fun with the scene where I was scrubbing blood off the floor and cursing and <laughs> hating myself and angry at Swearingen. Uh, give me an angry scene any time, man. <laughs> Did that answer it? I don't know. I like it if it gets good feedback. If nobody says anything. Bill, up to your right on the stairs here. Up here. Over here. Oh. Hi. Hi. Thank you for coming tonight. Oh, thank you, all of you. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to know, do you, with such a long and prolific career, at this time in your life, 
how long do you plan on continuing your career? Do you have plans, or does your wife have plans? Uh, is that, is that, am I paraphrasing you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans, but I don't, uh, I'm not thinking too much over one or two days ahead. Of course I'd like to work, and when you're an old fart, young actors, they, you know, they're not, they, you're not, uh, it's not the same, you know. We were so lucky on Deadwood, there were some a little older, True Blood. Man, I don't know, they don't, but I survived a while. I, I, that's not the answer to your question. I don't plan on working. If somebody gave me something easy, I have scripts, but I'd like to be Steve McQueen and say, I'll read your script for $5,000. <laughs> he probably said 20, but I, uh, he died of cancer, and I don't want to say that out loud, you know. I'd love that somebody sends me, but a lot of people's scripts are in their mi uh, movies and jobs are in their mind, like a, con a preacher that's con he has no congregation. It's up here. I played one. So uh, if it's a legitimate project and not hard, I'll look at it. <laughs> Sorry to take so long. We've, we've got another question on the stairs. Hi, Bill. Hello. Sorry I asked if you were going to be boring, because you're far from boring. Well, thank you. Uh, well, uh, I was joking, but I, I, I like that you even talk to me. And you're not the only one that asked me that question. It's the most ironic thing. <laughs> I'm back at you. We've, we've got another one up she here. She had a pink outfit on the other day, and I said, you got my outfit on. <laughs> she talks to me at church. Another one up on the stairs here, Bill. Hello, Bill. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Um, as a genetic designer and part-time toy maker, J.F. Sebastian would know the answer to this question. Was Deckard a replicant or not? Oh, boy, that, that, that's a tough one. Uh, <laughs> I was kind of in the dark, you know. <laughs> Didn't Ridley finally say he was? Didn't Ridley Scott, the director? I don't argue with a visionary director like Ridley Scott. <laughs> but I was going to tell you my tendency to do the wrong things. This is a question and answer, so I won't tell you. But Blade Runner, it was Blade Runner. It started a long time ago. A guy um, would come to the bathroom and say, they're waiting on you to get to the set. And I said something like, man, I told you quit rushing. I'm rushing you. I've got to pee. So that went on a while. And then I learned much later, it's Harrison Ford's brother. He got him, he got him a job as an AD or assistant director. And you, that's stupid stuff I was doing, you know. You, know, I, you don't uh, yell at the star's brother. But he was great, and we became friends. We've got a question in the back. Yeah, this is just more of an observation. I have had the honor of knowing Bill Sanderson for, well, I think it's about five years now. And um, during those five years, I have learned a lot. He, I have to be honest with you. He is one of the most sincere, genuine people I have ever known. Well, thank you. And you know he will not take a compliment. So he, that's why I thought if I did it like this, 
if I did it like this, he would have to acknowledge it. But may I, Jim, excuse me for interrupting. Jim did write the foreword, and if I was Rodney Dangerfield, I'd stand back here and say, he's a liar. <laughs> he's Bill, a liar. Bill always told me I wasn't telling the truth. And I would always say, Bill, I have no reason to blow smoke up your skirt. So, because well, he, you, is, he is a genuine person. And I was very lucky enough to meet him one day. And uh, we have been friends ever since. So, well, that's just my observation. Thank you for that. And uh, how's James? Oh, hey, there he is. Hey, buddy. <laughs> anyway, um, yes, sir. Bill for coming again tonight. Thank you. Uh, question, you you played in a lot of westerns. Thank goodness, yes, I had fun on them. <clears throat> well, is that something you like more than others, or is it more, Oh, it where's the paycheck coming from, and I'm happy as a... Excuse me. <laughs> I hear her. She's not talking. Quit chewing. Uh, uh, I loved working on westerns, and uh, one when I was a teenager I saw was... Uh, the Magnificent Seven, and then to get to work with some of those actors. None of them were stars, and then they became stars. But it's great fun to be uh, ride horses, and uh, I even like drive a wagon on a Lonesome Dove. And they're usually, oh, and the rodeo guys, I love them. They're different, crazy, you know? Uh, I don't know. I, I'm just wasting time. I really like it, and I got to work with, I'll start dropping names, some good actors on them, and uh, usually down the pecking order, and people are saying really nice things. Are you aware I had lots of fallow periods? <laughs> There's lots of times. You, you, even Johnny Carson that I got to do a scene with, it was so much fun. We, he's a friend of Newhart, so I'm backstage with him, shooing away up at some guy taking photos. But Johnny Carson said he had more disappointments than successes, and uh, that's hard to believe, but we don't know. I, I, uh, you all make me feel real good by saying these nice things, but I'm a journeyman actor. We've got time for just a couple more questions. We've got one over here to the left, Bill. How you doing? Hello. I just wanted to find out if that title of your book had any particular story behind. Oh, it's a great title. Uh, shall I be honest? Where is Sharon? Should I tell the truth? Uh, well, a lot of people say, oh, I they say Bill Williamson, he was on so and oh, that guy, yeah. So, but a literary agent named Robert, uh, Rob Kirkpatrick suggested you say The Rough and Tumble Life. I never thought about a title. I let somebody look at that after we got through it by some miracle. And uh, so Rob Kirkpatrick, a literary agent, he even put a thing on Twitter saying something good about the book, and I uh, got great advice from him. He's the one who told me to self-publish it, you know. So uh, I'm going to talk to you about your poems, self-publishing. <laughs> Maybe you go to Simon & Schuster. Question over here to your left, Bill. Hi there. I was just wondering if you're going to do a lot of the book tours or if you're just doing something because you... You know, live in the area. It's a great question, and Alex Brubaker is a saint, man. He's so helpful, and we came and asked him 
So he gets all these Pulitzer winners in here. Uh, to answer your question, probably not, because I don't have the stamina, but I've gotten questions from Australia, from England, from uh, Boston and Louisiana, all over the U.S. Makes me feel good, but I doubt, you know, it's hard for me now to fly to California and deal with Chicago's airport, you know? <laughs> It's, it's kind of sad, I would tell any young writer, start before you're 70 years old. And, you know, uh, we'll do what we can, and if Sharon stays in a good mood, maybe. <laughs> it, it's important, you know. I love Boston. I'd love to go there. I know we have one fan, but I saw a play Al Pacino did there. And people were so friendly. I was at the bar after the play. They sent me a bottle of wine, and a waiter said, tell him we like your boots. My people. <laughs> Unfortunately, we are out of time, so we have time for just one more question right here. Hi. Um, Hi. Sorry, my question's going to be long, but it'll make your answer short. Your answer will seem short in comparison to my question, but... I know you did some voice work with Ursula Le Guin's, one of her great books. And one point Le Guin said about literature that she was, they kept calling her not a fiction writer. She had to be a fantasy writer or a speculative fiction writer or a science fiction writer. Why can you not just be an actor? I'm trying to think of other sorts of actors, like other character actors and then non-character actors. Uh, are there other names for other sorts of actors? Why, and have you found that like I'm, an obstacle? I'm not sure I understand, but why would I try to write a book? If I look, if you, no, no. If I look you up, and uh, I did, and it, uh, I knew y'all knew of you already, of course, but I looked you up, and it said American character actor, and then you know, then it mentioned um, that you've worked with Ian McShane, mm -hmm. British actor. Mm -hmm. Huh. And Ursula Le Guin just said, just put me in the shelf with fiction. Why uh, do I have to be a something fiction? Oh. So what has it been like in your career? It's a joy for us. But what's it been like for you in your career to be a character actor? And has that been limiting oh, oh. for you? Uh, as I opposed to uh, uh, George Clooney or... Uh, <laughs> oh. Uh, or, uh, oh, yeah, I was a romantic lead in one thing. It was called Babylon 5. I fell in love with a statue. <laughs> He's a great writer, Straczynski. He said, you, you're the romantic lead. But, uh, of course, I'm jealous of those guys, but I got the greatest wife in the world. <laughs> and, uh, you know... I took it as a joke, but we listed some things in the book. I'll make it real quick. And um, uh, why did you write the book? And I told her, and at least I mentioned uh, I wasn't doing anything else. She said, I like that. <laughs> you know? So <laughs> I, I, wasn't, I, I don't do enough around the house, apparently. <laughs> Thank you for letting me. Can we me. give one more round of applause for Bill? Oh, man. Oh, thank you.